Welcome to Growing Storytellers, a Helicopter Stories podcast for anyone who works with children aged two to seven years old. I'm Trisha Lee. And I'm Isla Hill. And over the next few podcasts, we're going to be looking at all the different areas and aspects of the EYFS framework and how they connect or how Helicopter Stories connects with the framework. Um, But today we're going to be focusing on the prime area of communication and language and looking at the early learning goal of listening attentively and how Helicopter Stories can really support that. And what we've noticed over the last couple of years in particular, because communication language has always been a big focus for Helicopter Stories and why people want to use it with their children. And what we've noticed over the last couple of years in particular in in local authorities is that there's a much higher need for support with communication and language. Post-COVID, children are coming in with much lower levels of language and communication skills. And so they're really needing that support to develop in that way to help them to, oh, it sounds bad to say to catch up, but to to have that opportunity to be good communicators, to have a good chat, to to respond and and answer questions and and enjoy, you know, conversing in the classroom and, and in nursery. And um we do a lot of work with local authorities and a lot of local authorities are coming to me going we really need to be doing helicopter stories for our children they they need that sort of support they need to feel empowered they need to realize that you know talking's great that communicating is brilliant that that the more that they talk the more they communicate the the happier they are the better they feel the, the, the better they do at school, the better they do at nursery. So it's it's something that we want to focus on over the next couple of podcasts is communication and language. But like I said, the early learning goal in that that we're going to look at today is um, listening attentively. Okay, and so one of the key things in terms of listening attentively and how that actually fits with helicopter stories is right at the start when we scribe a story. So when we scribe a story, we actually model listening attentively. So really listening to a child and finding out what's in their story. Because actually, if we want children to learn how to listen, we also need to model how to listen as well as adults. So it's a brilliant chance of modeling that, um, you know, how we do that, how we go about that. And it's really key because... We have to really listen. When we are scribing a story, you have to really listen. And I remember um, I had a three-year-old and she was telling me her story. And she said, uncle. And I was like, uncle? And she went, no, uncle. And it was the start of her story. And I had no context of knowing what this word was. But I'm really listening. And I sort of go... Can you show me? And I said, how would it move? How would it move? And she sort of did some moving around. And I was like, uncorn, uncorn, what is it? And then finally she did something like this. And I realized it was like a horn. And I went, unicorn, unicorn. But actually it's that thing of going, if we're not listening 
and really taking that attention. So children see the value of listening, of being listened to, and knowing that we want to catch their words exactly. So for me, scribing is the beginning of this listening attentively, of actually helping children see the value of that. Absolutely. I had a very similar situation. Um, you guessed yours a lot quicker than I did. Um, but this, this boy, um, kept, so the story was about under the sea and about fishes. And the fishes one day found Cratcher. And now I hear it like that, I think, oh, God, you know, that's obvious. Yeah, but at the time, I had no idea. And we do all sorts of things. And I kept saying, oh, I can't hear. It's so noisy in here. You know, could you say it again? And I, you know, I did the same as you. Can you show me? You know, it's like, oh, no, this is an ob. This is clearly an object. This is really difficult. And this boy got more and more inventive to how to communicate to me what this word was, right down to the point that he got pencil and paper and started to draw it. And it was just so clever. And he was drawing a treasure chest. And I went, oh, treasure. And there was nothing in the story because it's under the sea and it was the fish and all of this. I was just like, I got nothing that's going to help me work out. And then they found... And it was treasure. And I was so relieved. And he was so joyful. But you're right. It was the pursuit of my listening and me wanting to get his story right. But he actually found so much joy in the moment that we got it and the, the acting out of it. So if I'd have given up, the, it, the story just wouldn't have worked. Yeah, it's 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 finding the truth, isn't it? It's that search for the truth. If I don't hear it correctly, how can I support the child to act it out? How can I know what that story is? So, yeah, no, I had another one um, with a girl who um, who was English as an additional language and she had very little spoken English and she would take me around her settings, a three year old. And I remember one time she got these two dinosaurs. And so I knew dinosaurs was in the story. And then she kept going like this and was bringing the dinosaurs together as if they were fighting. And I was going, dinosaurs fighting? Nope. No, it's not that. And then I was kind of going, what is it? How? What are you doing? And then she came up to me and gave me a hug dinosaurs hugging and that was her story oh. but actually we were wandering around the classroom whenever I scribed her story I'd be wandering around with her while she found things to help communicate with me so that I could listen attentively to her and get her story right and then the other side with inscribing is that the child also they need to listen attentively to make sure that you've scribed what they want you to scribe. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you'll hear them go, oh, no, that's not it. Or can I change that? Or can I add this in? Or, you know, that they're actually editing their stories in action. So they have to listen, but they want to listen because actually, of course, you're going to listen. It's the most important thing in the world. It's your story that you're sharing yeah, tell me if I've got it right check that I've got it right and then yeah. you know sometimes go oh no there were two men oh right okay and you know all those things of really um tuning in to me reading back their words and going is it right is it wrong do I need to add something in so yeah absolutely it, it, that listening skill 
is is there in double isn't it you're you're modeling i'm a good listener i'm listening to your every word but also they're having to use that skill when you read it back to to know whether or not you've got it right. yeah to know that it represents what it is that they want their story to be and then when you come to the acting out i mean it's sort of like the listening skills that children need become even more intense because when I'm acting out a character and I come onto the stage to be that character in someone else's story, I don't know what happens next. So I don't know what character I'm going to be and what that character's going to be. There was a dragon and I'm being the dragon and the dragon um, eats all the children. So then I need to listen to know that that's what I'm doing. I have to eat all of the children or do whatever action it is so that's another thing that's really key within there yeah and absolutely I had a... and it's even more complex isn't it because there's the extra layer of that is you're listening for the other characters because you might be one of the children that gets eaten and it's just said and the dragon ate all the children so you've got to know the dragon's going to come and eat you and how you react to being eaten you know so yeah. it's not ah. just your character, it's also what's happening yeah, to the other characters and how that affects you if you're on the stage as well. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then there's also within that, the, the part of that listening is that if you don't know what then that means, then you can ask questions, which is another part of this goal, is that you're able to ask questions about it. I had a girl... Um, and she was, it was somebody else, it was a boy's story. And when it came to her turn, she would be Vilgax, who I didn't know at the time, but Vilgax is, a, <laughs> is one of the baddies in Ben 10. So she was going to be Vilgax. But I was like, oh, can you come and be Vilgax? Can I see how Vilgax moves around the stage? And she stopped and looked at me and said, but what do I do? And I said, oh, I don't know. I'll ask. So I asked the writer, what does Vilgax do? And um, he turned around to me and he said, he's grey and he's tall. And so I said, does that help to the girl? And she was like, she looked at me and she was shaking her head and she went, but what do I do? <laughs> and so I asked, I realised that what I needed to do was to ask the boy, is Vilgax a goodie or a baddie? Because I didn't know either. Is, he a, is this a goodie or a baddie? And the boy looked at me and went, oh, it's a baddie. And so I said that to the girl and immediately she knew. And she was like, oh, that's all right. And it was like she was going, what's my motivation? What, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? How do I move? And as soon as she knew that she was playing a baddie, she was off. It was fine. That was her motivation. I know how to move. So yeah, I can do baddies. I know what baddies do. That's enough. That's all I yeah. need. They're such professionals. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's really interesting that, isn't it? Because, you know, I know for some children, I had a child who put a porcupine into their story and he, he didn't want to be the porcupine. He was another character. But um, the porcupine, the child who did that, they didn't know what a porcupine is. But you've got the expert in the room. The child who wrote the porcupine was able to show her 
how the porcupine moved and how that happened. So, so all of that listening is translated. And then you ask questions because you're not sure how to move. All of the, that whole communication language goal there is met by the children wanting and being curious to get those stories acted out correctly and in that way. Absolutely. And then, of course, you've got the audience, the wonderful audience who are sitting there, show, you know, always attentively. It, it, it's one of the things that practitioners often comment on is that their children struggle to sit on the carpet, struggle to pay attention, struggle to listen, except during helicopter stories. And, you know, there there is that ultimate I, I'm going to do my best listening because this is important. This is other people's stories. This is our play. These are my friends. And so during helicopter stories, that skill of listening is really shown. You can really see the children paying attention and listening because they want to know what happens next in the story. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, I like to think of it as like the three legs to a stool and that actually each of them are really important and sometimes um I will hear practitioners saying oh but my children aren't telling stories or you know some of my children aren't joining in the acting out but actually they are still listening they're still part of being that audience member they're still part of involve you know having an involvement in that story even if at that time they're choosing just to be the audience or they're, you know, they're not telling stories yet or they're not acting out yet, but they just want hmm. to, to be in the audience and listen attentively. And there's loads of brain research that talks about, you know, what's happening in the brain when we listen to a story and how parts of the brain light up just through actually hearing it. So children who are in the audience are listening and because they're listening, what's happening in their brain is it's lighting up as if they were engaged in the action. So parts of their motor cortex will be um, lighting up because it's like, you know, they're running, there's chasing in there. So even though they're not chasing, their brain is going through chasing. Their um, temporal lobe will be lighting up because there's something emotional happening, something scary or something funny or something sad. So all of the time, their brains are getting that workout through being a listener to being something that people might not see as a valuable role. So, yeah, that's really, really key within helicopter stories and how it works. Absolutely. And there, as you say, it's a three-legged stool and those three parts are equally important. We need all three, but children can play different ones at different times and change around so you've got the the audience the storyteller and the story actor as those three legs yeah. to that stool and it's valuing each of those isn't it and what they bring not just the storytelling and story acting but also the audience, the audience. plays a huge part and and the benefits for the audience are huge yeah 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 definitely so I also wanted to think about in this listening attentively is um, when we've written a story down, um, we read it back, as we were saying, they have to listen really carefully, read it back. Have I got it right? Is everything in there? Do you want to make any changes? And then for us, we have always got 
questions. Well, not always. Sometimes there's questions. There's there's a need to clarify something. We call these clarifying questions. We need to know how they want to act that out. Um, how do they see it being acted out on the stage? Um, because sometimes with children's stories, you have the story, but there might be parts that are just unclear and it's very difficult to lead a story if you're not sure exactly what's going on so clarifying questions are really important and sometimes they get really complex and you know the yeah. more professional children get at uh helicopter stories the the more complex their stories become the more complex the narratives become and of course then you've really got to know how they want to act it out and Trish I always remember the great example you gave about the girl and the dragon and an egg or something yeah no how that was was her story was it was lily her name i remember her really clearly and her story was once there was an egg that hatched into a dragon and then other things happened but that was the beginning and then when we um finished when she told me the whole story we go through it and we underline um all of the characters and i asked her which character she wanted to be and she said, I want to be the dragon. So I put a circle around that. And so I know that she wants to be the dragon. But then I've got an interesting thing that I need to know, which is I need to know it as a stage manager, as the person helping her to put this story onto the stage, to bring it from the paper into a live performance of it. So I asked her, so the dragon starts in an egg. So when we act out your story, do you want to pretend to be the egg and then hatch out of that and be the dragon? Or would you like one or two other children to come and pretend to be the egg and you're inside it and then you hatch out and become the dragon? So she had a choice. Do you want other people to be the egg and you're there? Or do you want to be the egg yourself and hatch? And she chose to be the egg herself and then hatch out of it. But I kind of afterwards was thinking that's so complex. You know, that's a lot of, you know, thinking about going into 3D. How do you take something and put it onto the stage? And how do you want to do it? And I'm always asking that, you know, do you want to be the car or do you want to have somebody pretending to be the car and you're inside driving? You know, what yes. what are and children understand this because, of course, it's their story. They want to yes. picture how it goes. So that clarifying question is so important within finding out what children want. But also what you're learning is you're seeing them, you know, in relation to this um, early learning goal is you're seeing how they respond and you're having a back and forth with them. You're having that really lovely dialogue about something that matters and that is important absolutely and, that... and they're explaining aren't they they're explaining to you and i think that is so complex that she understood your question and could make a decision between the two you know she she was able to 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 differentiate between those two things and i think that's incredibly a uh, high level of, of 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 thinking going on there in order to express that to you brilliant yeah 
Yeah. And stuff that we wouldn't normally know. And there's also, you know, within helicopter stories, there's moments where you're looking at, um, you know, are, is the child having a conversation with you or are they actually telling you their story? So you're listening in that way. I had a girl the other day, horsey, cow. I really like cows. A sheep. And actually her story is the three animals. The I really like is the conversation. And I think for me, you know, as we draw to a close on this podcast, the more that we actually listen to children and actually show, you know, work in this way, the more we see how how deeply they can respond to what's going on and how much they are listening when sometimes, you know, it's choosing what you listen to, isn't it? But how much they listen and how much they care about what is actually going on. And that's the value of helicopter stories, particularly around this goal. So next time we're going to be talking about um, communication and language and going a little bit deeper again. And we look forward to uh, talking then. So thank you ever so much and we'll see you next time. Bye.